then use this as in the fucking neon bed of mine, you like hip hop video. Yeah. <laughs> I had a sneaky afro If you wanna freaky fuck with me, got my hands on the belts. So my bands are for males. <laughs> Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. Ooh. And welcome to another episode of. <laughs> I wondered when you broke out in spontaneous song. Um, yeah, look, I do something. Like I break out into spontaneous song anyway. I this is a thing that is is a hundred percent true. You know, like I, I try to start every episode with a dog story these days. So yes, um, one thing that I do is I I like to sing to my dog. And all right, so uh, when I'm getting him treats, I sing a song to him. Uh, that is to the tune of Springtime for Hitler from the producers. Yep. Springtime for Hitler and Germany. Except mine is, it's treat time for Johnson and Germany. <laughs> and, and Germany. So and Germany's Germany. getting a treat as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, they're rearming. Let's keep them on the right side of things. Um, <laughs> I, I also uh, do that with... Um, when it's time to feed him in the mornings, because the first thing I do when I wake up is I take him outside so he can evacuate his bowels. Mm-hmm. And uh, so on the way back in, I start singing uh, Breakfast Time to the, the tune of Closing Time. <laughs> <laughs> All of that is 100% true. That's meanwhile going by. Never fucking sang to me. Did he sing to you? No, I never sang to me. Yeah, no, the cats are like, this asshole has turned coat yep. real fast. <laughs> See how he enjoys the poop on his bed. Um, <laughs> and uh, I am. All right, cover for me, Duncan. Say stuff. I am saying stuff right now on the microphone because this is how you see things in a microphone. You just keep talking without taking any plausible long-term break. And thus, the people out there and the listenership think that you have something written down, a script, if you will. There is no script. We've went off script. This is panning for time to make sure that Bo does what Bo does. That is the worst uh, stalling for time as I'm trying to publicly share the fact that we are doing you the show. are welcome bone that's what i do that's what i bring here is the the worst padding of time ever all right and you uh, know what i bring to the table duncan a yes. whole lot of right you you are surprisingly right on on a on a lot of counts um the 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 chickens have come home to roost um Although I'm still holding on to my theory, I, I like I, I, no, I I don't disagree. Like I, both things can be true, and that's the beauty of slash. well, that was what we wanted. That's yeah. like at the start, we wanted us both to be right because that's like this is the first season where I think plausibly. Although watch this, we'll get into the next episode, and we will see Doctor Death's body, um, you know, in like many little fragments. But like th- this could be the first season because the previous ones we both kind of landed on the same assumption mm-hmm. and this one we went in two completely different directions early on and there is a chance that both are right it's it's nuts man the the fact that yeah. both of our our crackpot theories yours was more legit than mine which is why i'm so proud of this is that yeah mine was the more ridiculous theory that has a hundred percent been proven 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and like, it wasn't even like it was so on the nose, Bo, that I wanted to punch myself in the face. It was- that's like how that's how on the nose it actually was. Because and the thing is, like, we, we got some more kind of background uh-huh. uh, details on a particular character, and I'm fairly sure the the people the, that were involved with the casting, um, the the showrunners themselves, and the actress playing Afra had never typed in to, I don't know, like YouTube or something, Moldovan accent. Because, like, like literally, I mean, that's the worst thing, is they made her sound like a Neanderthal, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, that is not how... Yeah, you're right. And I thought how people talk. And we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it because I was like, she's foreign. (laughs) It's like, is that what we're playing with here? I just thought she was. I don't know. (laughs) I thought she was handicapped. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, all right. First of all, uh, what up, Ray Man? Thank you for uh, joining us. Um, Hello. Before we get into, and I told you this before we started, it is rare. That I say to myself, I'm really excited to talk about this episode of Slasher. Yeah. And I am. And, and yes. not not just because I'm right, which doesn't hurt. It helps. It's a cherry on top of the muffin. It, it is. Oh, the frosting. It's, it's, it's the frosting the, on top of the muffin bowl. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. The frosting on the muffin is how I've always heard it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a cherry on the Sunday. Right. And it's less less. It's popular. not as good as the frosting on top of the muffin. I just don't hear it as much. Um, but not only, not only was I really right, it's, it's kind of a batshit episode. Like it doesn't make any sense. A hundred, yeah, like it's a hundred percent a batshit episode. And in fairness, like that's a, that's a good thing because the previous two episodes were painfully boring, like painfully boring, like pedestrian to the point of, are we actually doing anything here? Um, so this one has picked up the piece in a, a in a more fun way. It has, however, just once again reinforced that this is a terrible fucking show with just really badly written characters. Like across the board, there's a couple of motivations by certain characters or even conversations with certain characters that just don't make sense this far into the season. Like people Absolutely just wouldn't be speaking not. to each other like this or doing these things or yeah. So I mean, once you pick that aside, though, you will get some stuff in this episode that will make you smile and or scratch your head as to how we got here. Um, yeah, it's a it's yeah. a big body count, which I like. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and and it's nuts. But before we do that, I two things initially. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say. Uh, w- before we get started with our, our movies, good and bad, uh, yes. which I know you saw the Northman, so I really, I, I'm assuming I saw it last night. Yeah. Um, so I have to say, I don't want to say his name publicly because I don't know if he wants that, but I, received... <laughs> I thought I'd like, is it Beetlejuice? You're not allowed to say it three times. You can say it twice. So, but if you want, or if it's Candyman, at least four times, just don't do the fifth. This is unrelated, but easily the funniest <laughs> joke in the movie, Ted. Mm-hmm. Is when the stuffed animal is going to conjure Beetlejuice, and Mark Wahlberg yeah. gets genuinely upset about it. Like, don't you yeah. bring him in here, bro? <laughs> we can't get rid of a Beetlejuice that easy. Uh, very funny joke. No, um, I, I just don't want, uh, like, I, you know, I don't want to call out his name if he doesn't want name called out. That's yeah. that's the point. But I got one of the best gifts I've gotten in some time. Uh, and so bear. 
that play it's like it's like you encapsulated in a picture dude it's wonderful i i'm not sure where to put it just yet yeah um but it will it will soon have a, the, the problem is i don't have room in the office for it but that's where it room. needs to be extend I, extend right. <laughs> I, i'll have to build an addition onto the house just for this <laughs> and the light coming down on yeah. it and that the gallery, um, the gallery wing of the still household. Uh, so yeah, so one of um, you know, longtime friend of of this show and many others uh, had had sent me a message and and said, hey, if I was gonna send you a gift, where would I send it? And so mm. I, I sent him my address, and I had a joke with with my lady friend about how like, look, when I get this thing, it could be a bomb. There's a non-zero <laughs> chance that I'm gonna open this thing up, and it's just you know, boom. And then, mm-hmm. you know, this here is the end of Bo. Um, but <laughs> instead, it was that. Yeah. And I was over the moon. It, I, I'm so pleased by this. Like you said, it is just me in a frame. Oh, God, 100%. It's yeah. <laughs> bears and Big Feet and Wilford Brimley and a Ouija board. Like, it's everything mm-hmm. that makes me happy. Yeah. And uh, I, I, again, uh, for, for, gentleman who uh sent this to me it is one of my favorite gifts i've ever received it is uh it is wonderful <laughs> i love it <laughs> so and in a pinch i've got a ouija board if i ever like I have a haunting situation i, I all know, i gotta do is I, get I, a- I don't know if i don't know if it will legitimately work though because you've got a yes i know but you don't have a god damn it um on the so i don't know but you just it just points to the bridge. Just goes to the <laughs> Listen, goddammit. <laughs> you gotta say goodbye to the board. Don't do that. So you're gonna get eat up with spirits, goddammit. So it's wonderful. I love it so much. Uh, if if other people would like to send me Wilford Bribley, Sasquatch, or Oh, uh, like don't open that door. Don't open that door. Or grizzly bear related section of the dark web that you're not aware of, Bo. (laughs) Right? I'm gonna get dark webbed with Wilford Brimley merch. (laughs) Gonna get like a bottle of tequila with Wilford Brimley's toe in the bottom of it. (laughs) The one that he got the really bad diabetes in. (laughs) (laughs) That just makes you hallucinate the movie The Firm. (laughs) Sit back and relax, goddammit. It's a pretty good one. He's great in the farm. He really is. He's great in everything. Uh, yeah. And and the fact that I now can conjure his spirit at will. Oh, well, yeah. Like I I do like this idea that you know he made some sort of Fausty impact back in like the fifties to have an acting career when he came out of Korea. That the the you know the devil essentially has paid that back by condemning him very like the big the very beginning of the movie The Witches where he's now trapped in that painting. Yeah. So you do have like a direct conduit and all he wants is to rest in the afterlife, but you're not going to let him. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want now? God damn it. I just, I just wanted to hear your voice. That's all I wanted. <laughs> God damn it. I'm trying. It's supposed to be the afterlife. I'm supposed to be able to take a goddamn break. <laughs> not with me around. Not with this board, Wilford Bribley. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> 
Tell me about what Don Amici was like in Cocoon. Oh, all right. He was a pleasure, goddammit. Uh, he's a, a, a professional and a gentleman. Uh, anyway, let's get to the movies that we watch. Thank you again. This is one of the best oh. gifts I've ever received. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> Actually, uh, there's too much laughing for an episode that's going to be full of laughing. So we need to watch what we're doing, or we're going to end up pulling a muscle. Yeah, yeah. I told you already. I got I got bad shins here, Duncan. Yeah. Um, any second, <laughs> I could fall out of this chair. My knees could fall. Off. Have Have you had those bad shins since that picture arrived? Because I think that's that's the affliction that Wilford Brimley had. Maybe maybe this is what's happening. Maybe. Oh, it's the Brimley Shin curse. Yep. <laughs> I should have. The curse of diabetes. It's ghost diabetes. Ghost there, diabetes. <laughs> there is no insulin for that, goddammit. <laughs> that's a, that's where you feel other people's feet. Yep. <laughs> ghost gout. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep quitting Tarantino's hands off this goddammit it's, it's what happens when you have really dirty enriched ectoplasm yeah. <laughs> you get ghost gout oh. it's already oh, my, my favorite episode of this show we've ever done oh dear um, <laughs> anyway Duncan enough silliness as you said mm-hmm. Uh, let's get, yeah, let's get to movies good and bad. You want to, you want to kick us off? You got something in the chamber? Uh, yeah, I can kick us off with something bad and something good. Uh, let's start with something bad. And it's not terrible, but I do have issues with it. Um, I watched a movie called Kidnapped, Kidnapped. from 2010. Yes, it is a Spanish horror movie, uh, from 2010, and it is currently available on Shudder. And I did it because I thought that was the movie I was going to be discussing last night on Chronicle, only to find that that is not the movie my guest actually picked. And thankfully, the movie they had actually picked was one that I wa- I've i seen a couple of times before, but I had watched recently, so we had not lost that time frame. But uh, Kidnapped is probably most famous for... <coughs> um, probably most famous for being shot in 12 long takes. And then put together. So it's like a, like a movie of 12 long takes. Um, and that's probably about as highest praise that you can give it, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, the version that's on Shudder is one of the worst English dub versions of a movie I have ever seen. Like, it's 2010, so there's no excuse. It's Spanish, once again, no fucking excuse. Uh, and it's Shudder, which I kind of actually felt a little bit... I kind of pissed off that Shudder would put something like that up there. A service which, if anything, is catered and aimed to horror fans. Why are we getting dubs? Why are we getting needless dubs up there when you could just play the original Spanish with the subtitles? Not entirely sure why they did that. To me, that feels feels a bit... And there's no option to change off. that. Yeah, it's, it's hard-coded. There's no option to turn it off. That's the version that's on there. Um, so you're stuck with it and it really is bad it's really, the voice acting is terrible um, the story itself is relatively predictable um, 
a, a group of kind of thieves break into this house of this affluent family, kidnap the dad and, you know, hold the wife and the daughter ransom while one of the kidnappers takes the, the father out to different cash machines to empty his account and the other ones are left there and obviously things go a bit gnarly and a bit nasty. Um, so, like I say, like in terms of that side of things, isn't isn't gratuit- gratuitously violent in any way. It doesn't really push anything. Like the director, doing a bit of research, the director said he wanted to make something that felt like it could happen to kind of accentuate the terror. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that, but like, like I say, I don't think it ever really goes to that that level where that could work its way through. And... The, the best thing I can say is, you know, it's technical craft, it's technical prowess of those long shots pieced together are really well done, but very much like kind of later day Argento, you're watching it going, the camera work is so great in this. Why is he acting so shit? Um, and that's kind of where I landed on it. So I, I couldn't in good conscience um, recommend it to anyone as like, a, you need to see this movie, unless you're into movies that are you know, a bit more of a Marvel on a technical level because there's no money spent on this. It was a very, very, very cheap movie, uh, but they managed to pull it off in a really interesting way, but the storytelling is fairly unoriginal and the, the acting, because I think the acting, because of the dubbing, um, is just a bit flat. What was the one that Jennifer Lawrence was in a long time ago? House uh, at the End of the Street? Yeah, that was like a one take. I mean, they had yeah. some edits in there, but it, that, yeah. that was She's, the same kind of thing where it's like, this movie's not great, but it's kind of interesting on that level. Yeah, the, that was the one that was shelved for, I think, I think it was going to be permanently shelved and then her career took off and then they made a mad dash to try and put it out. Um, I don't even think she acknowledges it like as one of our movies but just because i think it was universally when they filmed it, it was just kind of universally recognized that it wasn't a great movie so the studio was like we ain't doing anything with this and then she like all of a sudden blew up with the hunger games and they were like we need to release this movie and if you actually see the cover artwork for it i'm sure it's all like jennifer lawrence yeah. hunger games um which yeah. they will do from time to time she gave it the old uh, jennifer aniston leprechaun treatment where she's like oh i wasn't in that yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like you I know how it. I wasn't in that because that's not my nose. Yeah, well, oh, Duncan, <laughs> oh, cutting deep as did her surgeon. Um, yeah, which is kind of ironic because well, I will I like to say it's a knowing joke because in the TV show Friends they joke about how she's had a nose job all the way through that show, like her nose used to look. They accent it a bit more hooky, but. Uh, yeah, so that was that was my bad. So not not a terrible movie by any stretch of the imagination, but there are much better examples um, of movies that do similar things, like maybe Panic Room, son. Um, Good movie. You know, which is like, I mean, once again, it's single set location for, for the most part, you know, it's like... And they even have the, the same kind of dilemma between... Because, like, when it's kidnappers... This is the thing, a movie trope that I fucking hate because it doesn't happen in real life, like, ever... It's like there's like a group of kidnappers and there's always one of them that's like grows a conscience in the middle of the, well, I didn't think we were going to be here to do this. Yeah, right, you know, right, like, right. yeah, I well, know you fucking did because you signed up for it. Like, show me one real world example of kidnappers where someone finds a conscience halfway through the horrible, horrific act they're doing and goes, you know what? I'm out. 
Uh, it never fucking happens, but it always happens in the movies, and I don't know why they do it. It's yeah. a terrible trope. Uh, we haven't seen uh, the end of the kidnapping thing with uh, Slasher, so it could happen there as well. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, so let, let me lay down my bad for uh, this Oh, lay it down. And my bad is uh, a recent um, Netflix release called Choose or Die. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw this come up and I chose not to watch, which was the hidden third option. Uh, so. Choose, die, or don't watch. Uh, don't watch is the way to go. Um, I Look, I'm kind of a sucker for, hey, this video game is actually you know haunted by the devil or something. It's real, boy. Yeah. Video, video games can kill you. If you die in the game, you die for real. Um. This isn't even that. Oh, no. It's uh, so the basic premise is. <laughs> yeah, like a nasty hand cramp or something. <laughs> yeah, ah! No, it's not that. <laughs> it, it's not a real video game, though. It's just like a, the game. It, it's like an old text game or something where it's like, hey, you've got. Um, <sighs> uh, the, the example that they open up with is Eddie Marsan is in it, strangely. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's weird, he, yeah, he's. Everybody in the movie is a British actor doing a, a, an American accent. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. Which is the way also things are great. going. We just cannot rely. I don't know if you know about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard debacle that's happening right now or the stuff that happened between an American actor and a comedian on stage at your Oscars. No one trusts the Americans now. Right. <laughs> right You're, like those those acting jobs are being outsourced to everyone just now. Right. That's uh, that's just the way things are going. Are you Americans are just too naturally violent to allow on a set at this point. I think that's what it is. I think for insurance purposes, you know, like a movie won't be made if there's an American in the acting crew. I think from now on, it has to be solely British actors um, in all the roles. All right. Well, I'm, uh, on one level, I'm not against it. On another level, knock it off. Um, but <laughs> so the, the I'll give you just the opening scene. So it's Eddie Marsan uh, having a beer. Playing this game, he he has found this old console, this old like mm-hmm. Commodore sixty four kind of thing, and uh, flips it on. There's a game called Cursor, mm-hmm. mm. like like curse. Or yeah, but he doesn't. He's thinking it's a cursor, but yeah, he uh, doesn't know. This don't... movie's punny. You didn't tell me this movie was going to be yeah, funny. He don't know that, Duncan. So he turns this thing on. And it's like uh, he he finishes his beer and puts it on the counter, and then the game says like you know, would you like uh, another draft of ale or whatever? And he's like, yes. And then bingo, bingo, there's a magic beer that appears, which at first you're like, oh, well, this is the perfect video game. This is the best game ever. (laughs) Right. But then it starts asking, like, you know, do you want to, uh, like, have your son disfigured or whatever? Yes or no. Anyway, it's just a things, lot of nonsense. Things escalated quickly. It was asking me for a beer a second ago. Really jumped, really jumped. <laughs> and anyway, but th- that's the whole gig is that like <clears throat> you have to choose a one thing or another. It's always kind of a monkey's paw situation where even the good uh, solution seems. Says like Wishmaster. Kind of. <laughs> what is your wish? <laughs> it's literally Wishmaster. And yeah, kind of. And, <clears throat> and and so then throughout the movie, by the way, Robert England credited in this movie does not show his face one time. They use his voice. 
his voice is in the movie, but that's it. And which is a he's, good... he's about to bec- he's about to get like that. He's about to be everywhere all over again because he's in that new season of Stranger Things, and that he's about to get a big old rub from that. So, fair play him. Yeah, fine, great, uh, good for good for uh, Freddy Krueger. But there's another there's a moment where they call like it's this eighty style. Hey, you call this nine hundred line, and yeah. and the, potentially you can win some money for playing this game cursor, and it's. Robert England is the voice on the line. And <laughs> and so which is his only appearance in the movie by the way, so don't get your hopes up when you see his name on this. But Asa Butterfield uh is the 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 guy lead in the movie. Yeah. And he's trying to explain to the female lead like who Robert England is. Mm-hmm. And the way you do that is you say he's Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yes. But apparently they did not have the rights to use that name. So well, instead... What, what movie? What movie did he use, Bob? No movie at all. He just makes Freddy Krueger motions. And it's like, he's the guy with the knives. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, right, I don't know what you're talking about either. And I've seen every and one of those. And what's hands? Like, right. <laughs> it's it's just... It's he's so, in court right now with Amber Heard. <laughs> it's so lazy and cheap and... There are why of- why have him in to do that to set up that if you don't have the rights to say it on the screen? I get the movie certainly sets itself up for a sequel, so I guess maybe. Uh, the idea is that uh, can- no, not not no no not. But yeah, no, it no. ends in a way that is like you know. Oh well, the game is afoot. You know, this it- is this, this is the escape room thing. Mm. This is this is exactly yeah. what it is now. We're, we're all doing this again, and we need to stop. We need yeah. to burn into it now. It's it's a bad bad movie. Um, you should not watch Choose or Die. It is. I know Netflix has been making overtures for a while that they're gonna go harder on horror movies, which isn't like my my knee jerk reaction to that is like great. More horror movies is always better. But then yeah. I'm like, mm, well, you have to know. Which ones? <laughs> like, this. yeah, this is the, this is a problem. Like, if you if you're listening to if you're listening and following the trends of studios, that's not always the best approach when it comes to releasing horror content. Yeah, because um, the movies that tend to do the gangbusters money are not always the best barometers of the best horror that year. If you know what I mean. So, well, um, and the last two mm-hmm. that Netflix has produced themselves or released themselves were that. Terrible Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, which I am watching next week for the first time. So that yeah, that that's a real piece of garbage. And then Choose or Die, and it's like, well, your two original horror offerings in yeah. you know the past two or three months, both of them are less than stellar. Let's 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 be genteel <sighs> about it and, and yeah, and say it <clears throat> that way. But yeah, not a great start for Netflix's new foray into the world of horror. But uh, that is my bad. What is uh, what is your good, Duncan? Um, last night I went to go and see The Northman, the new Robert Eggers movie. Uh, I believe estimated ninety million dollar project. Oh, great! And it looks like he spent every single penny of that putting it on the screen. Um, I, it's just like I posted this last night. Robert Eggers is working on a completely different level to like almost anyone else making films at the moment, just like an app, just a, a tour de force 
of just visuals, um, authenticity, reverence to the source materials, um, like every like every single second of this. Now, I have recently pretty much binge watched this year anyway. I binge watched the whole uh, History Channel Vikings TV show, mm-hmm. and then rolled right into that Netflix Valhalla show. Like squared that one away. Um, so I was like, like I was all I was all in already for this. Um, and like it's just the thing about it as well. We spoke, we kind of we we had a conversation about this months ago when we were talking about you know it's his it's his like his adaptation of Hamlet on the screen, but you know in the Viking world. Um, and I'd said at the time, you know, like from the trailer that I saw, I was getting kind of heavy Conan vibes. Uh, from it as well and that's basically what it is it's like if you got hamlet and you got conan and you mashed them together but the director who was making it was like this must like my three we come out the cinema me and baz and baz was like what did you think and i was like three words for you baz viking as fuck like literally is the most pagan viking thing i've ever fucking seen like the he just nails every visual the camera work is amazing like you feel like these places exist and just when you just just when you're like that right i've got a grasp of what's happening in this movie he raises it up it's about a two hour 40 minute movie and it fucking flies and there's not a, like there's a about an hour of it which is just kind of setting up the parts for what's going to happen at the end. So it's not like big, massive action set pieces or anything. It's like characters interacting, you know, life going on and all the rest. And it just, the, the time evaporates when you're watching this. You're drawn in. Um, performances are mwah, chef's kiss. Um, the, the main dude, uh, whose name escapes me, is one of the Scars guards. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one from True Blood. Yeah, Eric uh, from True Blood. Yeah. He is... It's fucking great in it. Um, and the, Nicole Kidman, who is just like, see, see, in the last five, six years, she's been on a murderer's row of performances. Like, it's like she's making some of the best stuff she's ever fucking done. Um, she's great in it. Um, the, Alexander the Skarsgård, by the way, is uh, his that's name. the yeah, one, yeah. yeah. So, which I think now means, I think that now means they've all been in something to do with viking movies apart from the youngest one i think because the dad is what's his face uh stellan yeah. stellan skarsgård yeah yeah and he was in the thor movie so mm-hmm. kind of yeah, it's viking yeah, yeah 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 and then you've got him he's been in one um oh no the, the pennywise dude hasn't been in one yet but the other one is in vikings so his other brother plays a floki in vikings um so yeah, they've all been they've all like, all kind of, and I would like to say that's kind of typecasting because they're all Swedish, but it's nothing to do with that. Um, so he's great. Uh, Willem Dafoe is amazing. Bjork is a Bjork's in it for, for a cameo. Bjork's appearance, it's fucking amazing. Like every like everything is just absolutely mind blowing. And then it finishes, and I can't tell you where it finishes or what it finishes on, but it finishes in a place where you're just like that. It's maybe the most metal movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I like I, I shit you not. Like by the end of this movie, I was like, this is the most metal. Like, I, I'd like all it was missing is like 
like a fucking a sea of martial stacks and slash on the edge of a fucking cliff playing a guitar with wind and fire in his hair is is that metal is like it's just a it's a brilliant movie. Right. Um it once again nothing great. that you've not it's a conventional revenge story. If, you know, he's not he's not he's he's using source material that you know is obviously has inspired everyone. Um but it's the it's the way the movie's constructed. It's his attention to the time period, the folklore, um, like just, just everything feels like when someone's doing something, it feels arduous. You feel the weight of what they're doing, which you don't get in a lot of movies nowadays. Like if, if they're slaves doing something and they're lifting heavy materials, you should be feeling the weight of that as the audience. Um, and you do all the way through it. And uh, yeah, I think, I still don't think it's his best movie. I think The Witch is always going to be his best movie. Um, which he just, came out recently and was like, I can't watch The Witch because I, I think. Which is nuts. Right. You're like, I, I so, somebody else said this, but it was like, I, I wish I lived in a world where I fucked up and made the witch by accident yeah you know like, yeah I oh think, that was but the bad I, I movie imagine, i did yeah i, I imagine like because we see it from the, we see it from the audience perspective like we don't know if that was just like an absolute absolute pain in the balls to make and as a result he can see the flaws that we can't see the you know the the the, the you know small attentions to detail that like we are seeing as maybe being credits to the movie he sees as being like kind of foibles. I don't know, but uh, the witch will always, the witch is just such a, but like you're watching this movie and you can, I can literally see the lineage of his work. Yeah. There are, there are more nods to the witch in this movie than I imagine it like people will expect. And then at the same time, there are huge swaths of it that kind of feel like, Oh, well you've just taken a specific aspect or a vibe from the lighthouse and brought this over. So he's a, he's a director that you can literally link those movies in terms of the storytelling, the way they're crafted shots, like just everything. It's it like as, as mind blowing and like would be one of these things where I'd be like that. Well, you know, he's easily one of the best directors walking the planet this year. If we didn't have before the end of the year as well, um, a new Ari Aster movie coming out. I, so it's I, like like they need to to do opposite years. Like we yes. need Robert Eggers one year, Ari Aster the next. They need to work that out. Yeah, I've I've made this request to both of their offices. <laughs> it's like it's, it's the thing. It's like it's it's just it's like it's gonna it's gonna overload my brain. But yeah, if if you if you're interested in a movie, and it, like the like the Northman will not be making any end of year horror lists. Just want to stress that I understand. The pivot for Lighthouse, I obviously understand the conversation for The Witch. You can't do that with The Northman. It is just a straight-up, good old-fashioned revenge action movie, just a period version of that. But, it's, um, yeah, like, like I, I know for a fact that you're just going to be sitting there smiling ear to ear um, when you watch it. But just expect those big swaths of, of Conan through it in surprising ways like even with like certain musical cues kick in because all the music once again authentic to the time they really go and like get these kind of these kind of viking dodges and all the rest and they're performed in such a way but then there's certain battle scenes and everything's kind of quiet and then out of nowhere yeah it sounds great i uh, so, i will yeah. see it soon 
it, it, like, so I think great. we got it before you guys, which makes yeah. zero sense. Um, like I think you guys get it this weekend coming yeah. to the, the next one. We got it a week earlier, which I I don't know why. But then you guys got the we're all going to the world's fair officially released a week ahead of us. So I'm so glad uh, you brought that up, Duncan. My good this week segue is <laughs> we're all going to the world's fair. We talked about this on your yeah. good, so I'm not gonna reiterate too much uh, of what has already been said um it's, other, good though, eh? <laughs> it, it's one of those things that like you and i were talking about this uh after i saw it it it's a movie that feels very much of this time and and yes and has an interesting take on the idea of being on the internet, what internet culture is, mm-hmm. um, I think you can make the argument that this is not strictly speaking a horror movie. That's where I come in. Like I, I, I understand if someone wants to say that they think it is, but to me, the way I thought about it was um, it's kind of similar way where people that Slenderman documentary that HBO put out, which like if you saw the trailers for that. I was like, oh, holy shit, this is dark. It's like, is this like a horror true crime doc? And then I watched it and I was like, well, no, it's actually just more like a, a kind of more uh, drama documentary kind of centered around, you know, like creepypastas, the internet and the youth uh, and small town attitudes and, you know, like uh, parents' responsibility or lack of interaction in their kids' lives and all the rest. And that's kind of what was, but the way it was like pitched was, horror and i kind of feel the same way i think there's there's bits in it that can definitely you definitely take in those directions i don't personally feel comfortable calling it a horror movie i think it definitely it dips its toe uh, and no more than its toe in certain aspects that being said though like you see the wider conversation about its relevance uh, and its importance specifically the the kind of what what the internet does to teenagers or just anyone who's vulnerable vulnerable enough and um, isolated enough, mm-hmm. what it opens is you know because we, we hear all we, you'll never hear the great stories or the really bad stories. You don't hear the stories about like the mundane things that the internet you know helps you do things like this, but mm-hmm. like sit down, record content. Like there's no, there's no medal for doing that. You know what I mean? It's like either it's one extreme or the other. When we, when we talk about the effect of the internet and this movie kind of wades in that area in between. And I think that's, what's really interesting about it. I'm not like, I still, it's still going through my brain. I, st- I still am thinking about it weeks from watching it, which is, is not something that you often get with a lot of movies these days. So yeah, it's definitely hung with me, and it, it, I, one of the things I like most about it is that it's this really interesting discussion about the kind of people we present ourselves to be on the internet, mm-hmm. um, as well as the vulnerable stuff that you were mentioning of, like, teenagers being vulnerable. But there's also, like, the the trapping of it is this sort of internet game. And yes. that leads to a moment where it's like, oh, okay, well... Some people, you know, Duncan, I don't know if you've heard about this here in the United States. Uh, some internet rumors and conspiracies seem to be taken as the truth by a segment of the population. And I think I, there's a rumor going around. I think there's actually a conspiracy theory on that conspiracy theory, Paul. Yeah. So it, it it's one of those things like oh, we're all going to the World's Fair is 
a very small movie. It's beautifully shot. There, there's some of the imagery of like this town that the it's main character li- yeah. lives in, and it's just like the, these are the American towns where you know, like like manufacturing is gone and that kind of thing. And here's what's left behind. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the, these very poverty stricken, you know, hard scrabble kind of uh, kinds of towns. And it, and it's really good. It's really affecting. And I don't think it's a, a perfect movie by any stretch, no. but, but it's one of those movies that kind of, you know, burrowed into my brain and, and has resided there since seeing it. Yeah. I mean, first time director, first time leading actress oh she's so good and she's excellent in it and a rob i think her name is yeah two two cast members in the movie yeah and a voice like who's not who's not freddy krueger uh robert england getting paid for this again (laughs) um so Rayman uh points out uh that he would like a roundtable discussion with eggers astor del toro and and have it moderated by jordan peele and that's that would be a, oh yeah, Jordan Peele has a movie out this year as well. Just in case anyone yeah. forgot, July as well. Um, so it's a, hey, it's a good time to be a horror fan. I will say that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I think what was interesting about that is like, like there is. I mentioned it before. E twenty four do a podcast where they get two directors in or two like people that are involved in projects, and there's an incredible one with Astor and Eggers talking. They're supposed to be talking about each other's movies. At that time, it would have been The Lighthouse and Midsommar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the two of them just end up talking about Bergman for like about an hour. <laughs> like, 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 don't you love this movie where he does this? Oh yeah, the, the, the camera work in this movie, the storytelling in this movie. And you get like a real good sense of their influences and how that kind of works around, but how like-minded they are. And the interesting thing about it is, I, like, as directors, they're not, they're not, the you know, they're not even comparable in the fields that they do. Like, I, like I, Astor goes for much more unsettling, kind of, like, the, the way he tells stories is, is weirdly obtuse and unsettling, whereas Robert Eggers, like, manages to achieve like great things by being surprisingly conventional. Like yeah. his movies and are g- generally surprisingly conventional, but it's the artistry around it that elevates it. And hyper specific, like his attention yes. to detail is, is, insane. is yeah. I mean, there it's yeah. a Kubrickian level of attention oh, yeah. to detail. Yeah, um, yeah, and like I say, when when you when you sit and you watch like a movie like Northman, like the levels of the the detail he's went into at times is just. So good. It's just oh, mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. Referencing Conan is that's all you need. Dude, to do. I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, like, that once you've watched it, we will talk about the exact bit when I was like, crumb. Uh, <laughs> just like, it is a, a, like, a, just all you need to do was rework the score, and I would have like spaffed everywhere. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so, yeah. Let's get into our dark business here, Duncan. Speaking about spaffing everywhere. Um, um, yeah. So, here's here's why we're here. And that is to talk about uh, Slasher Season 4, Episode 6. Only two more to go, by the way. Yeah. And uh, it is uh, an episode called FaceTime. Mm-hmm. More importantly, it is the episode in which everything that I predicted about this show is proven entirely right. 
And well, except the except the the, the actual f- trying to fuck the the dad. Uh, I mean, there's one. It's not as well. She over. she 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 knows that she can't. Right, right. If but you know what I mean. Still, like, I think she's still kind of horny for him, though. Uh, anyway, I don't know. because I think, she said, I think, "Dad, the only one who loved me." Anyway, yeah. so we'll get to it. <laughs> Is so, she Jamaican? <laughs> I mean, you tell me, Duncan. Well, yeah. At this stage, we don't know. We don't know, like at all. So it opens on the orphan. Yes, eating. And I was like, "This is an orphan episode!" Yay! Um, eating twine. As all the rest of the survivors being like Theo and Vincent and Grace and Dawn, um, kind of debating like, well, and Liv, we can't forget Liv. Um, yeah. Well, I, like, no, she, she will be the lone survivor. We really can't forget yeah. about her. I, but she's the least interesting character. Which uh, is- she is like, I, I could not give less of a fuck about Liv. So, and she's a non entity in this entire episode. Yeah. And so they're all kind of debating whether or not Theo did the right thing in chaining his mother or tying his mother to her own sculpture and leaving her to die out in, in the lawn. Yeah. Well, with the, with the, the, <laughs> the kind of the idea being here and like a good old fashioned witch trail, mm-hmm. if she is the killer, then she'll be there in the morning. But if she is not the killer, then the killer will kill her. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, a real which, devil's bargain for Florence. Yeah, which is when we see what happens and the reaction of Theo to his mother, it doesn't make a lick of sense. But but this is slasher, and we just put that to the side. I yeah, I think the idea is that you know Do he you regrets for this show. No, 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 no. No, of course not. <laughs> what they give you one thing, they give you one killer orphan, and you're now like an Aaron Martin apologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, you know, this guy might be a genius. Um, <laughs> you're like that. You're like, Donkey. You know how I said maybe we wouldn't be doing a season five? I'm now thinking. When it comes out, we just do it. I, I'm thinking we we get early screeners so we can just keep this rolling. Now, we are never getting, he's never given us anything more. There is now hours and hours and hours of us basically questioning his ability to, I don't know, be a human being. Sure. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, that, and that still remains. Like this episode, is, <laughs> as delighted as I was by it, it's not um, atoned for all his sins. No, no. I would agree. Uh, but I, I also like the fact that Grace is pretty quick to be like, I think this is a great idea. Yeah, you get Grace person, sitting there missing an eye. Yeah. <laughs> the, the woman who shot out my eye. Yeah, I think it's great that she's out Grace there. Grace is kind of amazing in this episode. Like, yeah. like to me, like she's a character that has like, has become really, really interesting. Um, she is now our de facto Dawn, which we're going to get to more in this episode. Because yeah. um, we love Dawn. And this show really, 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 really wanted to put her through the ringer. <laughs> yeah, I oh, but I, I again speaking of metal, I think the way Dawn goes out is reasonably metal as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but Liv, meanwhile, is reminding Theo, like, hey, what about waiting for the police to show up on Monday? Wasn't that the whole idea? That was your plan that you were yeah. very vocal about, and you were very judgy of everyone that was against that plan. And now all of a sudden, you're like, well, let's dangle my mum out as bait. All right, so then we go to Florence, the subject of this conversation, mm-hmm. and she hears somebody moving around behind her, and she's like, huh? And <laughs> she's like, huh? 
Vincent, is that you? You can you, help me get out of here. And then around the corner into her vision comes the orphan grinning her evil orphan smile. Yeah, cre- creepy lullaby music starts playing in the background for no reason. La 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 la. <laughs> it's all for you, orphan. <laughs> and <laughs> And she has some scissors, Duncan. She has some scissors. And of course, of course, there is the mistaken intent purpose behind those scissors that maybe the orphan has come to set her free. Yeah. So, yeah, Florence is like, yeah, cut me loose, weird orphan. And, yeah. <laughs> and I've got a I've got I've got a kiln full of lots of things you can burn if you want to. But like, you also have money. Like, give her money. Like well, and th- so she cuts part of her scarf. Yeah. As if she's going to start eating that because she's got the Pika disorder or whatever. Pika Pika. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pika Pika, orphan. <laughs> and. Although we're going to get into that as well. Like, yeah, we're going to get into it. I, I don't know that it has any place in this episode. But no. Anyway. So Florence is is like, listen, you dumb orphan. I said she literally sweat cheese on a dame. <laughs> yeah, I said cut me loose, not cut my scarf, you yeah. moron. And yeah. then the orphan grabs Florence's tongue with a secret pair of pliers that she has. Just, just happens to have some pliers lying around. Went for to the boathouse like apparently. This. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and orphan says, "You kill daddy." Yeah. And now you be. And so the orphan then cuts off Florence's tongue with the scissors. With the scissors and starts to eat it. Yeah, right in front of her. Yeah. And then, of course. While smiling. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and when when I see this, Duncan, I'm just taking you through the, the experience for. Is me this the is it. this the point where you sent me a message like the happiest bow in the world? Or was that later in the viewing? No, it's la- much later in the viewing when yeah. it, it became confirmed that my my yeah, yeah like, like bow right. like for the listeners out there, Bo sent me a message. Giddy is a schoolgirl, uh, and I assumed you'd finished it, but you must have been mid viewing because you then later confirmed your happiness mm-hmm. when the episode finished. So. Yeah, this was the first inkling though of like, oh my god, is my orphan theory right? Because this <laughs> oh, like the orphan is front and center for this episode. And if oh it's yeah, like, happen, they, it's we happening. lean hard into this character. Which once again, if this was actually going to pay off in any substantial way, shape, or form out with this episode, I'm kind of fine with. But I know for a fact this is just a. Well, I don't know for a fact. I have a strong suspicion this is just for a just for this episode sort of thing, which is kind of cool to see. But would be so much better if we got more backstory later on. Yeah, the backstory. I don't think we're. Yeah, the backstory here is fucking rank. It (laughs) is so stupid, but I I love how stupid it is because it includes her rapping, and that that was the moment. Yeah, that was the moment where I was like, this is. Maybe the dumbest episode we've ever covered, and I love it. hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred hundred percent. This is this is up there amongst I think the only episode that I can think of that is maybe as dumb as this is the one where the reporter 
decided to do in the first series the reporter decided to like take on the the killer with an interview and you were like what the fuck are you doing this is like this would never happen never happen like this is on that level but even more extreme (laughs) so dawn our hero yes is looking around (laughs) for the orphan and all the other survivors are like we haven't seen your crazy kid yeah and dawn's like it's crazy she disappears all the time uh she likes to hide and then she like leaps out from a dark corner and scares us and she giggles like a a child so who wants to help me go and get her while there's a killer on the island (laughs) right and no one everybody's like it's dark outside and this is stupid and if you're look if your orphan has so little of a survival instinct that she's just going to go wander around with a killer then maybe you're better off not literally what grace says literally what like grace is just like that listen if she's prepared to go out there and do that then maybe we shouldn't be risking our necks for her and i'm like you know what grace is now my new dawn uh (laughs) she's gotta be because we don't have spoilers we don't have an old dawn um but but (laughs) no but she she does does kind of resemble by the end of this episode a kind of cross between gary oldman at the end of hannibal and that dude from robocop that gets like follows it in the back uh, yeah yeah (laughs) so vincent and Liv almost come to blows again be uh because vincent has the shortest memory of all people although we do get confirmed in this one where vincent says he will not go back to prison and i'm like ah done time finally and no one's gonna query or that comment's just gonna go over everyone's head that this guy was in jail right that's right well they don't care bo i don't care so say lovey and it's up to grace aka new dawn to be like break it up break it up (laughs) dawn is what we're calling her (laughs) and so so then we go to a flashback with uh, Renee from previous season showing up. Here's a question for you. Here's yeah. a question for you. Like, do you think it's in that actress's contract that she must be gay in every season of Slasher? Right. I think it's just that Aaron Martin is like, so you're Short gay. haircut. Yeah, <laughs> like short haircut, kind of boyish look, must be gay. Yeah. You look, you look a bit like Tig Notaro. And so yep. <laughs> every role I cast you at is going to be as if I couldn't yep. get Tignataro for this role. Uh, let me let me also just stress here the conversation where she gives the information that she is a gay character is how you handle gay characters in a script. Oh yeah, it's just a very brief kind of mention of like, oh, I have a wife, and that's yeah, it. like yeah. you know when I met when I met my wife for the first time, and that's it. Yeah, because that's believe it or not, Bo, that's how people talk. Yeah, um, but and it also it's what the the uh, killer from the last season as well. Not not the brother sister killers, but the other killer, mm. uh, the one who was thrown in prison. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> they're they're bringing the orphan to this mansion where she's going to meet Dawn and Robin, and they come out. Like they are about to be awarded the publisher's clearinghouse prize. Uh, like Robin is the most he's, obnoxious human in like, the world. Oh my god, you're so perfect, and you don't have to hug me or anything. And Orphan is like, look, I gotta, I gotta get in where I fit in. <laughs> so, Orphan's got a, a, a grift to do here, boss. So, like, right, or- be asked, like <laughs> Orphan's on the grift, and. Runs to Robin and up, like throws. It's my favorite Bruce Springsteen album ever. 
Or if it's on the grift again. <laughs> or if it runs into Robin's arms, throw, throws her herself against him, and it's like, yeah. I feel like luckiest girl in whole world. Yeah, and I was like, th- at this point, I was like that. Is this a Russian accent? Like, because this is the first point when I was like that. Has she just, like, morphed a Russian accent into this? Also <laughs> love that when Robin stands up to hug them all as a family, he has Don's face, like, almost in a bear hug. Like, it's all twisted in the wrong spot. You should go and, like, maybe she'd be the screen grab for the episode. Uh, like, he's the worst thing, and it reminded me of, what was it? Was it, um... Ted Cruz, like Ted Cruz, where he went to hug his campaign manager and punched his wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that sort of awkward, just this is not a family unit and none of these people can act properly. Um, it was just, it was so uncomfortable. But yeah, like, like the way he walks out, the term I would use, the way he minces out, and Don didn't know, 10 years married, Don didn't know, Bo. This is, yeah, the, the, Don is lying to herself and uh, yeah <laughs> i mean the, look i'm the orphan is not right about a lot of things she is totally right about like how did you not know this yeah you <laughs> like to fuck mean how do you not know this um anyway after this flashback dawn wakes up and yeah. middle of the night everybody else is asleep so this is, am- this is a this is amazing here, by the way. This is absolutely amazing. She she goes across to Vincent to get Vincent's gun off him and trades like to, to get the gun from him, threatens him with a lethal paint gun, which would have been a perfect weapon to use. Like right. Do you get my point? Like she yeah. has a she has a weapon and she trades it for another weapon, but she only takes that weapon. She doesn't take both weapons, which is what I would have done. Yeah, and and better yet, she makes a promise like I'll give it back when I'm done. Yeah, it's like uh, fine. I mean, this is whatever. The- yeah, like, but like I love like Vincent's kind of Vincent's. He's a shitty character, but I kind of love him here. But he's like he, like because they have this, they have this really awkward. They say that thought you were going in for a handy, yeah. and she's like that. You know, I would if I could find it. Um, which was like ooh, sexual tension. Um, and then he's like he, she pulls the the thing. And she's like maybe I you. Know, give you a grace uh you know like in the eye and he's like that here's a gun here safety's on the side <laughs> I just like that and i can like i appreciate it to an extent he's like that you know clearly i'm not gonna risk my life here if you're dumb enough to go out there with that gun right granted i need the gun to survive but if you're dumb enough to walk out there have at it yeah, um, yeah. it is like good luck see you later yeah. bye uh Right. She off she fucks boy. Off she fucks into the woods looking for the orphan who is still hanging out with Florence. Oh, but she's but she's she's escalating, Bo, because we went from I've ate your tongue to I'm gonna make you a human pincushion. Um she yeah, she's having her orphan monologue about daddy is only one. I thought you were about to say she's having her orphan cake and eating it too. <laughs> that that as well. Yeah, yeah, and she just stabs. She's like, like a, like a, like a small, like, and she's like the fucking the, the wee woman at the end. They don't look now. Uh, she's like, yeah. like this, and this is like of all the time. This is when Dawn comes in. And is like, um, what are you doing, Afra? And like, I was thinking to myself, like, she's taking this surprisingly calm because the first thing I'd be thinking about is, oh, my daughter's a murderer. <laughs> 
it's a real like no honey we don't stab people (laughs) (laughs) and kind of pulls her off and is like florence why did you let her stab you yeah, and, he's like, let me let me help you. And she starts kind of cutting the one of the cable ties off her arm and then looks around. And in the distance, our slasher killer, the gentleman, as it's known, um, appears mm-hmm. and the distance. And she's like, oh, shit, <laughs> I got to poop. Um, <laughs> she, so she gets her gun and she shoots it like two times, three times, whatever it is, in the direction of the killer and the killer doesn't drop so she's obviously a wildly terrible shot um which makes you wonder why did she ask for the gun (laughs) but um she's just a couple of times and then's like um or there are um, blanks in the gun oh boran still no vincent's not involved in this all right i'm saying if, if that's how it turns out we've got some evidence for this Yes, yeah, that that would make sense. That would make sense. But then, hmm, has anyone been shot yet? No, no mm-hmm. one's been shot yet. Yeah, possibly. That's a, that's an interesting theory. Let's let's keep that one on the back burner because that one might actually play out. Even though I still don't think Vincent's involved. Um, but yeah, so like, killer starts coming towards. They run off, and once again, just to highlight that your daughter's a fucking killer. She's like that. I want to watch. And she stops and Don's like, yeah, let's just stand here and, 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 and watch this woman get fucking run through by this killer who at first lets her go. And this, uh, I hate this show. Um, <laughs> he, he goes around behind her, cuts the, the remaining tie. And then Florence gets up, walking with her mouth all over I've won, I've won. And I'm like, this is too, like, just end her life. And then the killer throws her against the sculpture. Mm-hmm. Question for you, Bo. I can't remember the sculpture having two fucking spikes that come out at. At boob level? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, d- I didn't recall that either, but no. somebody somebody saw The Lost Boys. <laughs> What what I can't stand about this island, all the damn Florences. <laughs> and yeah, so she gets <laughs> murdered by her own sculpture. Yeah. And which is like as mentioned later on, is is surprisingly poetic and funny. Yeah, there the, Theo has a, a, a pretty nice moment, but yeah. So the the killer, the gentleman, goes after Dawn and Orphan. Yeah, and they run to the bunker. And yeah, they of- make a beeline for the bunker, which I wouldn't be doing because the last person that was in, last time someone was shut the doors in that bunker, it turned out to be a gas chamber. Yeah, so they ended up <laughs> real dead. But yeah, yeah so- I don't know if I'd be running back there. But <sighs> so they they get inside in, inside just in time. They Dawn starts looking around for some bullets for her gun, grabs the first aid kit because they were talking about grabbing that earlier in the season. And, and then decides to have a heart to heart with Afra. <laughs> right. Is like, honey, what were you doing to that nice lady tied to her sculpture? Yeah. And Orphan is like, she killed Daddy. And she's like, well, she didn't actually. The person that was chasing us with a big fucking knife, that's who killed Daddy. And she's like, Afra do something bad. And she's like, yeah. And what yeah, happened to her tongue? Stabbing. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to her tongue? Did you have something like that? And she's like, 
after I do something but and then we get to see the the mania where she just basically starts screaming and trying to rip her manable off um and yeah very very quickly dawn searches finds a sedative sticks it in Afra's arm puts her down for a nap it gives and, her a set of give yeah yeah <laughs> puts her down and at no point at no point is anything going to be revealed in this bunker that is going to change the way that Bo views this TV show. Flashback to Dawn waking up. <laughs> One night back in her home with Robin in bed. This is the first night that Afra spent with them as well. Which this, I would I would have this kid burned with fire. <laughs> right, like Dawn later is like, we should give this one back. I think, this, yeah. <laughs> I think we got a bad orphan. I think I think maybe like no 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 like you know like she's like that no I think they just gave us a dud one and took the money yeah. and run yeah we, like have you seen the previous seasons of, of of slasher Rennie's a bit of a crazy woman and all of them uh, we got us a bum orphan and we need to, and need to give it back and Robin's like I'm never gonna give up on it but anyway yeah. in this first one though orphan is just like standing in the darkest part of the bedroom watching them oh, yeah. sleep like a fucking ghoul like a ghoul <laughs> yeah like the baba duke yeah Dot is like Afroduke, what do you want what are you doing here <laughs> and she says i want to sleep with diddy yeah and, and I know you've read that as in she wants Robin's D and her V, but I don't think that's what she meant. Maybe, but she says, being alone is for bed girls. Yes. And Dawn's like, Ugh, all right, well, I guess you can come to bed, you creepy ass kid. Yeah, but she, she does say just this one yeah, because it's your first one, night. Yeah, it's yeah. one night. And uh, when when she comes out of bed, though, Robin's like, family snuggles. And I'm like, oh. And, well, and, and so... <laughs> and so the orphan just snuggles up behind him, like wraps her arms around Yeah, she's like two, two steps away from, like, actually physically building a pillow wall. Yeah. <laughs> like like a Trumpian pillow wall, build a wall build to stop Don getting any access and you can see Don's kind of staring off at a distance going I don't think this is right <laughs> yeah this seems terrible yeah and you almost you almost zoom in on Don's face and she's like hey bet you're wondering how we how we got here <laughs> let, me, right. let me take you back <laughs> it's, like, it's just like to me already all the there is a certain point right after it's supposed to be 13 we find out there is a certain point where that's just not acceptable. Yeah, and it's immediately. And it's, it's like the as... day she comes into the house. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, Dawn needs to be on the phone the next day being like, hey, uh, how? why did you sell me this orphan? Because this, <laughs> this one sucks. I want another orphan. And <laughs> anyway, so we cut over to a scene that really don't matter where it's like Liv waking up after she has a, a vision of her mom's face covered by crabs. And she decides like, hey, I'm going to go looking for Dawn and the orphan yeah, and can't find him. So she wakes up Theo and he's like, all right, well, let's get some knives from knives from the kitchen and we'll go look for. Yeah. Vincent at this point is kind of like, yeah, she took the gun. Yeah. Vincent's yeah. like, I'm not going anywhere. She took the gun. I did my part. Yeah, and God Grace bless. also at the same time. Grace is like that. I've got one eye. I'm I'm not walking about there. I'm like, right, bye. 
and and so that's it. It just sets up like they're out roaming the grounds now that it's morning. Back in the bunker, however, um, Orphan and Dawn are catching you know forty winks, and Dawn mm-hmm. wakes up. Yep, and she goes to fetch the phone from Orphan's coat. Oh, man. And start and like uses her thumb to, to unlock the the home screen on the phone like a yeah. spy. Yeah. <laughs> and start and starts thumbing through some pictures. It's like her and Robin, and she's smiling, and and this all seems really heartwarming. Well, it's all heartwarming to begin with, and then we see a video of them all cooking together, which Dawn does that thing where she's she was obviously filming it. Yeah. And then she starts answering, like she's interacting in the conversation. And then we flip back to a repressed memory of that one time they came into the kitchen going, has our 13-year-old weird, creepy, sleeps in her bed orphan decided to cook something for us? Oh, I wonder what that is. Oh, it's a half-decomposed squirrel. Right, it's some pet squirrel that she had, and they're like, um, "Hey, orphan, why are you, why are you cooking this squirrel in this pot? Didn't we bury this yeah. yesterday?" And she's like, "That that raccoon's got to the squirrel." I don't know why I'm making our Transylvanian, but and when, uh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> one one decomposing squirrel. Ah ah ah. So they're like, "Why why are you cooking this squirrel?" And she's like, "I want to take its bones." And make it gold. Then I can keep squirrel with me. I can keep moose and squirrel with me forever. Yeah. And like Dawn is like, what? This yeah. is horrifying. Robin's like, oh, you silly goose. She's just having fun. It's probably a tradition in her country was, or whatever. Yeah. Like, this is literally how Jeffrey Dahmer was born. Like, yeah. Stop this now. Also, <laughs> she wants to work in a chocolate factory, so we're going to go pick her up on application. <laughs> I want to make sex zombie. Um, oh, dude. Like, like, this, like, to me is the big kind of, we need to hand her back. Yeah. And Robin's like, don't worry about it, silly goose. Who, who wants to play some tag? You're it, orphan. Yeah. And then they run off scampering, and Dawn is just like, uh, all right yeah. <laughs> and then back to you know the present in this bunker we see that she's got oh she it turns out that she's taken some pictures of like florence this is fucking hilarious right because she's got like at first it's a picture of florence kind of in the distance and then she's obviously just being like eh, eh, like just running up to her, taking photos and florence eventually gets to that stage that all adults get when a child is annoying them where the face goes from all happy to the samuel L. jackson face from black snake moan mm-hmm. where they're like you know like, like the big intense face and yeah. like well like, you know as uh as dawn's flipping through she's like all right I'm like this and then she flips to basically a series of selfies of the orphan beside all the dead bodies, mm-hmm. which um, at first I thought, yeah, that is pretty creepy, right? But then I also kind of, and the first one is her with Spencer, isn't it? It's with, yeah, her yeah, with Cronenberg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, uh, and then she's doing the same face, so she's yeah. like, uh, and I'm like, that does feel, it does feel a bit creepy, but then I was like, he was a prick her dad so I kind of like you know what I mean it's it, like it's a, a hard take in a photo plus she's a teenager like I know people that have taken that are older than the orphan uh that have taken selfies on the day they went to a funeral mm-hmm. 
which to me just feels wildly inappropriate. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, what, like you're a fucking sociopath? What are we doing here? Like, now is not the time to take a selfie. Even if you think you look cool in that suit and you maybe have a little bit of the James Bond about you, let's not do it today. Um, so she takes that, but then as she's flipping through, it's like literally her having the best time ever in the in the pantry where all the fucking bodies are. Right? And she's like, uh, winky smiley face. Uh, and you're like, oh, all these bodies. Yeah. And Duck like, lips. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And then she finds another video ball, and we get we get the the info dump that I imagine was the point where you sent me a message going, "Oh my god, this it, is glorious stuff." A hundred percent is yeah. when yeah, it yeah, happened, yeah. but it's uh, it's a video of her apparently talking to some boyfriend or brother or something back in Pimp. the in the Pimp. home country. Pimp, as, as whoever her fucking handler is. And she said, as long as I keep legs waxed, we will be rich. Yeah. And in my notes, Duncan. Yeah. I have written, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. <laughs> She's smoking a cigarette. She's got like a fur coat oh, on and a oh, bunch of jewels. Oh, you big dick devil. You've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Oh, my, maybe my favorite part of this episode. As, yeah, our gangster rap. She starts rapping about the grift she's on. Yeah, yeah. And it's this is the hidden track on uh, Orphans on the Grift, um, <laughs> where where like actually like Bruce Springsteen traveled to Moldova and did a collaboration with Afra. Um, it is the dumbest, most absurd, wonderful moment of this whole season. I also kind of thought to myself, like, she did this on her phone and she didn't remove it from her phone, knowing fine well her parents are paying for that phone. And this, this, none of this makes sense. Yeah. Oh, nobody's got access to the family iCloud uh, account. Apparently. Yeah. It's so. like, it makes less fucking sense than anything. But, right, whatever. We do get this reveal. And at this point, Dawn is now suitably horrified by everything that has happened but wouldn't you know it we're, we're, we, we need to we need to keep the story a rolling bow uh so we can come back later on for the conclusion of this hit a pit in the family and now the conclusion of dawn and the orphan now they <laughs> i also like when, when she kind of when she finishes watching the video dawn lowers the phone and there is orphan now away yeah and yeah. says mm, snoopers get hurt yeah uh so yes we leave it there put a pin in that yeah. Um we we do have the scene that you referenced earlier with Theo and Liv hunting around for Dawn and the Orphan where they find yeah. Flo's uh Florence's body. They find Florence's body and then we get like the sound moves out so Theo can scream in anguish only to crack a joke about his dead mum 2 minutes later. Uh, I, uh, I like the fact that he says I can't help but feel partially responsible for this. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're like fully yeah, responsible. hundred like, percent. Yeah, remember the conversation last night where everyone basically said maybe you've done a bad thing, and you were like, uh. and yeah, Liv is like, well, you didn't do this, Theo. It's like, well, he got he the did. assist, you know? He, yeah, he, he kind of dragged her, and he was the one that fucking you know cable tied her in this contraption. Yeah. This was his idea. In fact, I believe he was the one that did all the talking about putting her on trial. But, but, you know, he's only partially responsible. Right. 
The line he has here is, killed by her own art, the only poetic thing she's ever done. Which is yeah. not bad, but also, yeah. the, the, Liv saying, you're not responsible, like, she has both hands with her fingers crossed behind her back. Oh, God, yeah. Like, yeah. like literally in her head, just say, say something to make him feel better about himself. Right. I need him for the short term. How do I get him yeah. up and moving? Yeah, but yeah, yes, yeah. he is 100% responsible for the death of his own mother. Yeah, maybe the first opportunity we get to get rid of him once we're on the boat, maybe we take that. Yeah. So we get another flashback with Dawn and Robin in bed. And this is where Dawn is like, hey, I think we need to talk about the orphan. Yeah, <laughs> we need to talk about the orphan. Yeah. Um, and she's like, you know, I keep trying to connect with her, but she seems distant and also crazy and maybe homicidal. And uh, yeah. I think maybe we should, you know, potentially. Yeah. Like, I think she's like crazy, homicidal, unable to connect, maybe 45 years old. Um, right. <laughs> I, I caught her waxing her legs and that didn't seem right. Um, but we also see that like the orphan is listening in listening on all in. this. Yeah, yeah, she's snipping. Yeah. She's right beside the bedroom door plotting. And yeah. Dawn is very rightful. And once again, Dawn, the hero of this whole season. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Grace is now right behind her. But yeah, uh, Dawn is still my favorite character. Yeah, and she's like, look, this crazy-ass kid probably <laughs> needs a full-time caregiver, maybe yeah. needs to go to a home or facility of some kind. Yeah. And I, by the or way, put in a, a burlap sack flung over a bridge. <laughs> throw some rocks in the bottom of the bag, tie it, tie the neck of it off, and throw it over the overpass. I'm just going to say two words for you concrete slippers. Um, can, can we get them? How quickly can we get them here? And can we use them, please? And Robin, so Dawn, it turns out, has been looking up like, here's how you dissolve an adoption contract and things like that. Because I think we would all be better served if we get rid of this orphan. Yeah. And of course, Robin being brought up in the Cronenberg household, where he's perceived as, and I would argue definitely as a complete fucking failure, right? <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't, even, can't even adopt. You know what I mean? Like, there are millions of children uh, in the adoption system across the world, and the one that he adopts is the fucking cycle um the the the, the fucking pika killer of moldova um pika, and pika. like yeah he's like yeah, listen it's like uh, you know I, I know what it's like to be you know ostracized from a family and you know i failed it so much and i'm not gonna fail at this i won't fail at this so i'm like so you're keeping the child for spites purposes excellent a great motivation for keeping it so like you're you're literally now 50% of married couples in the world. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're, we're in a loveless marriage. Do you want to have a kid? Yes. You're, <laughs> just, keep us together. you're keeping the kid on principle to prove a point. Yes. And that's not it. because, yeah. And that, that to me, like, once again, is a great indicator of Robin as a character. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. all right. So back to the present, and Dawn is now face to face with this orphan. Yeah. And Dawn is like, who are you? You what? You maniac child? Well, not even a child. You maniac yeah. small adult. What? Are, what yeah. is going on? She's like, is the Moldova story even true? And she's like, yes, Moldova story true. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, like so. What we're led, what we're led to believe, if we can believe anything that she says, is that yes, she was 
from like a troubled background in Moldova. And at first, the whole idea was the grift. Uh-huh. So she did, apparently filmed the rap because she was like that. I, I saw the rap video and she's like, I made that a long time ago. Um, like, so like, it but was the, the, in the rap phase. Now I am more <laughs> singer songwriter. Yeah, I have this guitar. Is, <laughs> this is my meat suit. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like she's she basically what we get is this kind of info dump that she. <laughs> She, she did have a troubled past in Moldova. She didn't really have a family that she could connect with. And the initial part of this was the grift. But it was through Robin's love of her that changed her. Her heart grew three sizes that day, Bo. Um, and you know, turns but it like, into an insult. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, like, twi- like twists it like almost straight away. Um, and Pope gets, I think the thing is as well, when she says, like, you know, I, I love my daddy or whatever like that, like, Don's first reaction is, like, where are you fucking him? Do you, did you fuck my husband? Did you fuck my husband? Did you fuck your dad? Uh, you know, like, she goes to, like, you know, did you fuck him? And then she's like, ha, 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 no, yet, yet. Uh, she didn't, because, like, she's like that. She's like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's gay. <laughs> like, right. you know, it's like, how did what you, you not? What are you talking about? That he Robin wasn't gay, and she's, she's like, like, "I would be married to that man for ten years." And she's like, "He's gay," <laughs> and she says, "Like you know, I watch him fucking mean." Yeah. And the way she puts it, she gives a like a really creepy orphan giggle, and she says, "Yeah, I hide, I see, I touch myself." And at, yeah. this is the point where Dawn pulls the gun on her. Which, to be honest, like as soon as I'd put the sedative in her arm, the gun would have been out. Um, yeah, <laughs> go to go to forever sleep, my tiny orphan. <laughs> <laughs> sleep, sleep, orphan. <laughs> Think of the rabbits, orphan. Um, <laughs> I tend the rabbit. And um, so we cut away from that to to go to live at Theo, who are now putting Florence's body in the pantry. And once again, somebody points out, like, this room's getting pretty full. We got a lot of <laughs> yeah, bodies in here. This room's, this room's pretty, pretty full and, I'm just going to say, unsanitary as well. <laughs> it's just a lot of, there's a lot of dead material in here amongst all this food. Nah. Yeah, well, I, I <laughs> no, mean, I eating. eat any more eggs out of here. And yeah. <laughs> Grace points out, like, oh, you know what? We never got David Cronenberg up but from his bed. We forgot all about him. He's up in his bed still. Yeah. And so we need to go get him. And they, so they took off to go get David Cronenberg's body. Vincent and Theo stay behind. And Vincent says, hey, I don't want to end up stacked in the pantry like this. Yeah. Which, uh, like, I'm with Vincent on this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't he, end up here. Yeah. He's like, I wish David Cronenberg had never found me. Yeah. And while they're having that conversation, upstairs, Grace and Liv discover that David Cronenberg's body is now missing. So, I mean, for what purpose at this point? I don't know, but the bed is also made up, and apparently the acid... The acid that burned the whole... I mean, that's, that's not there anymore yeah. either, so... So, anyway, back in the bunker, the orphan comes after Dawn in a whirlwind of teeth and fingernails. Yeah, like, she's a Tasmanian devil of fury and violence. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, go to the point that she is just clawing, biting off fingers. Biting her face. Yeah. Biting her face. Like, there's a couple of moments where you get those. And once again, Slasher, credit to you here. Like, the effects are fucking awesome in this bit. Like, there are bits where she's pulling, like, skin up in her teeth, and it's stri- and it's snapping, and the viscera, and it looks great. Yeah. It fucking looks gnarly. And I, like, I'm, I, I'm loving this, but I'm also thinking, Don, just punch her. Like, yeah. like... She's a little person. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Like, like just, take this bath salt orphan and yeah. kick her right <laughs> in the vagina. <laughs> she's been on the crocodile. Um, yeah, she's like <laughs> she's on the bed club drugs. She's on. She's in a K hole. Like, like, but yeah, like, like she, like she gets mauled yeah. to fuck from Afra, and we are going to jump away. We are not going to see the after effect of this until the end of the episode and turned out Afra was just not full. Well, there's no fill in that, that, that stomach. Yeah. So we cut away. And, and when you say end of the episode, like the next five minutes, cause we're, Oh yeah. This is totally, we're pretty much here. Yeah. Yeah. And so we go back to the house where all the survivors are kind of standing around once again, trying to figure out who the killer is. Yeah. They're, they're, they're now working it down and they're like that. Right. Well, we know for a fact, it's not any of us. Right, right, which means that it's either Christy or it's Afra, and then Grace is like that. Well, it can't be Christy because the first time we saw the killer, she was with me. Yeah, so we can take her off, and then feels like that. Well, it's not Afra unless she's on steroids. You know what I mean? Like, it, like and I was like, you clearly just didn't see her rip her mum's face off. That orphan's capable of more than any of us suspect. <laughs> Um, so like that's what we should be deploying against terrorists um and then drop one of them behind enemy lines and then leave it um but like they're they're kind of still debating about well if it's not them and then i kind of thought to myself are they well why is no one mentioning spencer right because he's not in his bit like that to me would be the logical if i was one of those characters the next logical choice for me would be well like we only found out that spencer said he had a terminal disease at the table that day that he said he was going to kill himself and we didn't actually physically see him die. And the only person that told us, yeah, we saw the body, but that could have been faked. None of us really checked. Is Spencer the kid? But no, we don't even fucking touch that with a barge bolt, n- nor do we mention that his body's missing in this conversation. Right. That to me is a huge colossal, what the fuck is going on here? But we don't. We gloss over it very, very quickly. But one can only assume because it's going to make an appearance as a story plot in the penultimate episode of this TV show. Only two. Fact, only two it? left. Yeah. So the penultimate one for no fucking justifiable reason or anything that the audience, from an audience perspective, will ga- garner or gleam anything from because we know he is fucking dead. But you know, I guess it's, it's a useless plot point. And they're, they're having this argument. And at this point, this is where. And Grace comes in, like I said before, going, Cardell, Cardell. Like, it's like she comes in, like, oh, so, right. Dawn, not Grace. Yeah, yeah uh, sorry, Dawn. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, because Grace, uh, the, the other thing that Liv proposed here, which I think is what's ultimately going to happen in, in the end oh, of this. God, yeah, the, the most stupid, stupid thing that's ever been stupidly said on this TV show. You know what? You know what will save the day? Burning the burn the mansion down. The only place that has food, shelter, electricity. Um, Burning like, down the house. Yeah, like the only place that is actually secure. Yeah, and and Grace is the one who points out like 
Well, so then the woods could catch fire. And <laughs> yeah, well, Grace, at, Grace at first says, well, I think Vincent at first says, how much is this house worth? Like 15 million or something? And then Grace is like that. This is my house. Like, yeah. until, like and, her, and her head, she's right. Until the will is settled, like you guys are killing yourselves off, which means there's a very good chance at the end of this, I'm going to be a survivor. And what is it I'm going to inherit? Like, like, this is my house and my son grew up here mm-hmm. and all my fucking memories are here. You're not burning down this house. And then they're like, yeah, but if we do that, then the forest burns it, they're about to see it from the, the shoreline. And and it's just, it's such a, it's such a stupid, like, suggestion. It's like, this is the, this is the, like, getting Afra to cut off your nose to spite your face. Um, Like, sorry, it doesn't make any sense why you would do this or why it would even be proposed. And I think Grace says like that, you you really are kind of all going out your way to like die. Like you like you yeah. uh, like you, you wasn't yourself, like you're really just courting death at the at the moment. Um what are we doing here? Uh, so that idea is kind of pinned for a wee second, but we're gonna pin that because oh, man. Yeah, Don like, staggers into this room horribly mauled. Yeah, like lips missing, face bitten to fuck, nose bitten through, so it's hanging off to the side, uh, fingers missing, and they're sitting down. I love this. I love this bit here where she's like, Afra. It feels like Afra's the killer. And I'm like, no, she's not the fucking killer. We just said a couple of minutes ago she couldn't, like, if she was on steroids, she can't lift a human man. Come on. Yeah. And- you fucking idiot. <laughs> Yeah, Dawn, but Dawn, you know, is like, no, Orphan did this to me. Yeah. And and Grace is like, oh my God, these are bite marks. That kid yeah. went fucking hand <laughs> Lecter on her. Yeah. <laughs> she went absolutely fatal. <laughs> and so they, they sit down on ready the couch. When, ready when you are, agent mother. Um, <laughs> and they're like, like Grace is asking for any kind of painkillers, and they're like, "We don't have anything but booze." And oh, well, she's like, help. she they mentioned that she's bitten through a carotid artery, so she's like that. She'll she'll get a she'll end up getting sepsis, and I'm like that. No, she'll end up dying because if right. your carotid artery is severed in any way, shape, or form, you bleed to death. It's not a like oh, it's a oh, you know, like you need to get a little bit of a little bit of dental and antiseptic on that one to heal it up. It's like no, like and I'd like even at the Vincent's like that. Hey, she's gone, right? Yeah. Like and you know, like, like <laughs> I hate to be the harbinger of bad news here, but in fact, this is how we know. This is how we know it's not blanks, Bo. Oh yeah, fair enough. Okay, yeah, you're right. So cool. Dawn, right. Dawn is like, "Kill me! You've <laughs> got to kill me!" And Grace is like, "No, I'm not gonna kill you." And like, Dawn, she's like one of those. She's like one of those bodies and aliens on the wall, <laughs> strapped and going, "Kill me!" Because they know the creature's gonna come out. I, I like Boomer pointing out in chat, like we cannot <laughs> let a likable character survive this show. And so, oh God, no. Yeah. <laughs> So Dot, yeah, Dot is just begging for death and getting louder about it. Yeah, and, and so she's people- great actress because when she finally does that scream, "Fucking kill me!" Yeah, um, I'm like, yeah, let's let's like she convince me. Uh- <laughs> and yeah, and Grace is just, just to kind of shut her up. Yeah, grabs the gun and gives her the bullet that she's begging for. Yeah, Grace is down an eye, which means that her hearing is vitally important now. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know I mean, uh, and yeah, so she shoots her and feels like, "Fuck this!" Right? I like, I am, I am done. Right? If yeah. we're not burning this house, I'm getting off this fucking island. I'm using the boat, and Liv's like, "But I'm not fixed the boat." And he's like, "I'm using the boat." 
Yeah. And he walks out. So Liv chases after him. And so does Vincent, just leaving Grace alone with the body that she just killed. You know, like, it's just like, what would, like, we all have to stick together or we're not doing that anymore. So they all fucking off the fuck. Yeah. Um, and we get like kind of Theo's impotent rage uh, at a boat. But we get the most needless flashback of all the flashbacks because Slasher does this all the time. When a character dies, as in ends their arc, it's all kind of summed up. We kind of know the standing of Afro now. We know the Robin quandary. Uh, and we know that, you know, essentially Dawn is dead. We now get a flashback to them talking out her running away. Right. I'm like, we, well, we know that she didn't run away because she's on a fucking island. All right. So why do they do it, Bo? Why? This is what I mean. Is this sort of stuff that drives me up the wall? Narratively, it's just not satisfying. But the button of this episode is still pretty good. But because but, but it's the other absurd. thing is, yeah. But the other thing is, this would only make sense. This flashback would only make sense if Don one hundred percent one eighties and was like, that, you know what? I was wrong. We do trust yeah, yeah. you. Don't leave the family. Can't even fucking do that right. Yeah, it, it, yeah not what happens. So the the final moments of this episode are when they finally get to the, the boathouse. Boat. Yeah. Liv and Vincent are trying to talk Theo out of taking this boat out into the waters because Theo is completely unhinged now. Yeah. And Vincent ends up kicking in the side of the boat where it's been patched. So Which once again leave. is I think is I think is like the show once again saying you know Vincent could be the killer you yeah. know look at you sabotage the boat and I might he's not the fucking killer let's get over it. So you're right, <sighs> uh, the the end of this is going to be Vincent and Liv having to form an unlikely alliance to stay alive. Yeah, I, I get I get this. Oh, I've said it before. I think we're going to end up with Vincent, Theo, and Liv at the end of this one. I also think Liv is going to be the only survivor, and I actually think we're going to get. Like we're gonna get what what Theo did time for. It's probably gonna be something quite bad. And I, I sorry, Vincent did time for. I also just don't trust Theo. Yeah, like I, at all. I, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I think and like knowing Slasher, he's done something bad. Yeah, for sure. Um. Okay. So the very end of this episode is the orphan wandering, lost and lonely through the woods, through the Garden of Edinburgh. <laughs> She's like, no one to love Afra. Yeah. She's literally she's like that. No daddy. No one to love Afra. And you're like, what the fuck? Are we? And then she finds some magic mushrooms, apparently, Bo. Well, you know it's a magic mushroom because she picks up a mushroom and says, magic. And I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, the writing of this show is so bad. It's fucking honking, Bo. It's so, she takes mushrooms and just starts tripping balls in the woods. Oh, yeah. Covered in blood. Yeah, like, the, like she's covered in blood. The, the the woods are like something from the color out of space. They're all purple and glowy and it's, lit up. Yeah, there's it's ridiculous. A little <laughs> bit of midsummer also of like yep. having everything kind of bend behind her. It's, it's, it's so stupid. Yeah. And as she's walking like through, all of a sudden the killer appears and the killer extends a hand and goes hand in hand towards the credits of this episode. Maybe making, I don't know if you're a, 
I, if you're a member of the audience, I actually think they're in cahoots. They are totally not in cahoots. And like, I, I don't know if we got this recorded. Probably it was our conversation at the very beginning before we started recording. The orphan will not survive the next episode. <laughs> she is no, she will not make it long. She um, she is not making it through. And I get the feeling Grace is probably also not making it through the next episode. Um so yeah, I, I mean, it's a frustrating one because I I really enjoy the nonsense and the payoff and the obvious lack of shame that Adam Martin has to completely rip off the orphan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just, like, like no shame at all. He's just like, yeah, we're just, we're, we're doing this. Um, you know what I mean? I, 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 I love that aspect about it. But it's, once again, it's, it's just surrounded by... There's a way to do it. Like, see if the whole show is just that level of nonsense from start to finish. At least it's entertaining and enjoyable. But we've had to wade through so much terrible writing, bad like bad characters and all the rest to get to this. And now it's over with. And we're not going to get that again, which kind of frustrates me, if you know what I mean. I, what, I, what I struggle with is... Like in the writing process for this one, it just feels like at no point does anyone ever really have a grasp on the tone of what they're doing. Oh no, it's right. It, it's just you know what I mean. You're right here, here is another ingredient to throw yeah. in the mix. Yes, and it doesn't necessarily fit very well. It made me happy because I called it for oh, the cheap seats. Hundred oh, percent, like entertaining and really, really fun, and like I say, a, a good payoff to two episodes where not a lot actually happened. But you can tonally do really. I don't know, like like you could do more of this tone earlier in the season. You like to, to set up these things just stand out as being. It's the same with the previous season when we did Solstice and it's kind of, it's like really angsty and over the top. And then we had that one episode in the middle where it was the girl that was asexual and, you know, lived in the headset because yeah, yeah, of all yeah. the trauma that she had as a, as, as, as a fucking kid. And then she died in this really horrible way. And we were watching all that. Boy, this just got really serious and bleak and like it, it just didn't totally fit the show. And then we get this episode, which is a joy to watch as a standalone episode, but tonally does not fucking fit with anything that we've seen. It's just perplexing how it all comes together. Um, It's not going to come together, Duncan. (laughs) Well, that's the problem. That is Ultimately, the the big issue is it's not going to come together in any way, shape or form that feels even remotely satisfying. But at the same time, we've lost Dawn, which is... Is not great. I'd like she gen even to the end was the, the most interesting character on the show. Grace is now taking up that mantle, but as you've reminded us before, there's only two episodes left. Grace ain't making it out the next episode. She's hundred yeah. percent she's she's not a survivor. she's definitely not surviving. Um, um yeah, yeah. I think which you're right about makes that. you wonder, makes you wonder on some level why we went down that whole road of uh kind of making her a sympathetic character as someone of colour and not from social class of ultimately she's just going to get the shit kicked out of anyway um yeah the last so, episode 100 percent is live theo and vincent i think so and i think the show is going to lean heavy into the fact that vincent 
is the killer or involved and then we are going to get the reveal that Duncan was right and Dr. Death is still alive because we still didn't see her body. Mm -hmm. We'll get that. We should get that reveal at the end of the next episode because that tends to be when they give their their cards away and then we have the final episode that'll wrap it all up where I think both me and you said from the first episode Liv will be the last person alive Mm -hmm. yeah there Um, there is a world in which I can see Vincent surviving maybe maybe I just get the feeling that no no Theo's gone Theo's gone I I just want to know what he's done (laughs) yeah uh, I want to know what shitty thing we get, which will be the the last episode will be the Theo flashback or the Vincent flashback, one of the two, or maybe both. Maybe, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe uh, we cover them both, but yeah, that's that's kind of it's kind of it, it was easily one of the more fun episodes of Slasher that we've ever watched. Um, I just like I say, it just to me. I just want it done now. I'd yeah. like we've got two episodes left. We're we are so tantalizingly close uh, to Inspector Clouseau, and I can't wait to get there now. It was yeah, it it was bonkers in a way that made the episode entertaining. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, like I'm not gonna ever ever uh, you know try to make the case that no, it was you a just get you get episode. a super cut. You get a super cut of the orphan stuff and just watch that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right, well, Duncan. Uh, as you said, two two more to go. Uh, we'll we'll be back in two weeks to cover that nonsense. In the meantime, mm-hmm. though, if people wanted to check out more of you and what you do, where would they mm-hmm. do such a thing? Uh, please check me out on podcasts under the stairs. Very busy at the moment. Lots of spinning plates. Summer series is uh, underway with the prep. But um, in the next two weeks, you are going to get some camera episodes uh, from me and Derek. Uh, I've started up a new kind of sub-series with um, Dave Parker, so that, that'll be out. We're all going to the World's Fair. That episode's coming out. By the time this drops, it will have been out uh, for about a week, so my review with the Baz for that one, which turned out to be a real, it was about a two-hour recording and turned out to be a really interesting conversation about how his like 19-year-old daughter has grown up with the internet and how my now almost eight-year-old daughter has grown up with internet and how we can identify things within this movie and on some level actually made it a bit more ominous to us when watching it because we could link those things through. So it's a really, really, really cool conversation. On the Teapots Collective, well, loads of stuff happening over there, doing the nasty, continuing the Lord's work, uh, going through the, the the tier three list of the video nasties. Um, Opera Omnia, where my resident guest was pulled out last minute and couldn't commit so that won't be coming back till May now um, but I'm really looking forward to that one because we're going to be doing um, as the director which I can announce so I just need to get a host locked in uh, Rain Johnson so we're going to oh, be doing the, very nice yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to be doing his stuff um, so he's the next director to cover there uh, we'll also be on Chronicle you're going to get an, a review with myself and Jeff Lawn covering um and I've forgotten the movie because I want to see Kidnapped that's not Kidnapped. Um, fuck off. I can't remember what it is. It's a good movie anyway. It's a great movie. Uh, but that'll be dropping. And the other one is uh, Where to Begin With, which is still working through its run on uh, noir and neo-noir movies. So, uh, yeah, that's that's it. Let us pray. Let us pray is the name of the movie. Ah. Come back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. uh... I, I... It's got... It's Irish Scottish. Yeah, movie. I, I remember. Polyan- that. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, Pollyanna yeah. McIntosh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting enough, we found a weird fact about that one. Um, a, a huge chunk of that movie was shot approximately 10 minutes from where I live, which I did not know <laughs> at all. I was like, is this the reason you've picked this, Jeff? Because it's, it's set in Scotland. There's a character in it called Duncan, and it was shot 10 minutes from my front door. Because they're like, you're on the summer series. You don't need to sweet talk me. You're yeah. on that series. You made so, it. Yeah, you're in the bigs. <laughs> yeah. So wherever you listen to podcasts, Teapots Collective are podcasts under the stairs or teapotscast.com. Boran's the what about yourself? You're a busy guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so we just launched in 20 of uh, six Christ. movies, uh, starting with Cutthroat Island. Um, so uh, jump in. That is going to be a very fun season. Uh, we call this season Bombs Away. Which yeah. is uh, some historical bombs, uh, cinematic bombs. Uh, so you can listen to Cutthroat Island right now. Is Waterworld in there? Are you doing Waterworld? Uh, Are you I, that for another season? It, that uh, there's still some debate over that, but for right. sure, um, you're going to get Cutthroat Island. The next one will be Mars Needs Moms. Oh uh, God! Right, <laughs> and then uh, then on the back of that, John Carter. So, yeah, well, you've got you've got a couple of like like you've got a couple of options when it comes to Costner as well. Like if you don't go Waterworld, you can almost go to Postman. Yeah. Oh God. So yeah, there <laughs> we're we're still kind of debating the back nine of this season, and yeah. but it's trust me, it's got to be terrible, terrible movies. And Cannot wait. Uh, although I kind of like the post. Postman's all right. It's not. It's not. It's not a terrible movie. It's just they should not have spent that much money making that movie. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Um, So that's pick six movies. Uh, Obviously, Duncan and Bo come correct. The the show you're listening to right now. If you haven't subscribed to it uh, on the podcast, please. (laughs) Yeah, subscribe to it over there. And if you have subscribed to the podcast, uh, then uh, go over to youtube.com forward slash Leech Podcasts where you can see the video version. Yeah, I actually see your faces. And and the wonderful piece of art that will summon Wilford Brimley uh, over Not on the now. YouTube version. And yeah. uh, then finally, the other thing I do is the Dark Parade, which is uh, all things that I do horror related. Um, you're about to uh, make an appearance I, on I'm that show. I'm like super excited. Um, you, you've reached out and you've pitched a movie that I have not seen since I was a kid. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm kind of the same, but I really remember loving it. Yeah, and, it's a good movie. And I think it's going to be a fun movie to talk about because it, yep. hey, well, I'm not even going to spoil it. Well, no, it's, it's going to be anymore. Yep. Um, but so that'll be, that'll be coming out in May. Right now on the Dark Parade, we're doing 80 slashers in a season or a, a month that I'm calling April slashers. And mm-hmm. that is, uh, we, we've done uh, April Fool's Day and Happy Birthday to Me. And you're about to get an episode on My Bloody Valentine mm-hmm. with Derek, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who loves that movie as, as do He I. does, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're going to wrap up the season with uh, Venom and a look at Hell Knight. So, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen Hell Knight in a while. That's Linda Blair, isn't it? It is Linda Blair. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah. The pretty good Scream Factory edition of it as well. So, um, But so that's coming up, and then May will be nothing but horror on, on the waves. Uh, and that's where Duncan will make an appearance. Um, and as well as Heart of Horror, which is what I do with Kay Pollock, where we talk about mm-hmm. movies and romance and sex and all kinds of fun stuff. There is also um, your show with Jamie, the show with Jamie, which is what you're watching with Jamie and Bo. And I think that's it. I think that is everything. 
Um, what I've realized from this conversation is me and you both are lazy and we need to up our game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. We yeah, we ought, to, <laughs> we ought to do a little more. Um, so I, uh, as always, thank you so much for, for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure to rate and review where that's possible. If you're watching the video of this, give it the thumbs up. Uh, that helps a lot as well. And uh, until two weeks from now, when we talk about the penultimate episode of slasher the only thing left for me to say is uh duncan say good night duncan duncan say good night duncan uh, that's what you said you said I, it, I, it. it was in that I, way. I, I know i said it. stop it, stop it.